What is up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski. And first of all, I'm going to take these off because I don't want to ruin my hair and I get a weird feedback when I'm using my microphone. But um, we are in the clinic today because I decided to switch things up. just got my workout in and... You know, I was like, you know what? I'm already here. Let's bring all my stuff. You know, change of pace, change of scenery, background. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about today's episode because we are going to go over um, the spine. Because I find that so many people, one, they don't know how to move their spine at all. Um, Second, most people have a lot of restrictions, which prevents them from certain movements in everyday life and also in the gym, anything lifting related. And number three, everyone has experienced some sort of back pain. So I've done a bunch of episodes on uh, back pain in general and specifically more low back pain than anything, but we're going to get into it today. Uh, some basic um, anatomy that we need to know and some basic movements that our spine can do and some exercises you should be doing. And if you do have restrictions, some exercises you should not be doing. So this is going to be kind of a general sense. And for those who listen to my podcast for specifically um, weight loss and fat loss um, reasons, I always say this when I do like anything movement anatomy related that all of this stuff directly influences weight loss. Because in this specific example, if I can't move my spine and I decide to do a back squat, if I am really stiff, getting into that position is probably not going to feel that great. That's why most people, when they do back squats, they feel uncomfortable. They can't sit the bar properly. When they descend down, everything feels compressed. Part of it is your spine. If you are doing classes where everything is timed and they choose exercises that tend to be um, on the higher end spectrum of movement like burpees or mountain climbers or nonstop crunches, your spine has a huge influence on those things of how you're going to perform them. And most of the time, because of our environment, we do not have the prerequisites or the capability to do those motions for an extended period of time. So, Knowing this and maybe scaling back from those things and doing something else to improve how your spine moves now is going to directly influence how you go back into those classes that you love so much or hate. I don't know how you want to word it, but that's going to influence a lot on your success because eventually what's going to happen if you don't work your spine the way it should, then you're going to get into one of those situations where something starts hurting, something is going to, um, you know, prevent you from going to the gym consistently. And that's the biggest thing. Our joints, our bodies are dictators of how often we're going to go to the gym. We all know it's a good idea to do something active every single day, but if our bodies are sending us pain signals or tightness signals because of X, Y, and Z, then we're not going to be very, um, you know, what's that called? Very successful when it comes to 
adherence and consistency, right? Um, before we get into it today, um, I always tend to forget how on earth I forget to do my shout outs. So I have it pulled up here. And I got three new cities. We've got the city of Evanston in Illinois. Shout out to everyone in Evanston. Uh, number two, all the way here in BC, the city of Chilliwack. I think this is the first time I've ever had Chilliwack listening to my show. And, and then it's the top three. And number three is Calgary, Alberta. Shout out to everyone in Calgary listening to my show. That's super awesome. And honorable mention, all the way in Australia, the city of Perth. Shout out to everybody in Perth listening to my show. That is freaking sweet. Now, we are going to get into it. Um, I'm going to first look up some spine anatomy on the Google webs. All right. Also, another update. My book is pretty much done. And in the next few weeks, I'm going to announce um, my release date. So if you haven't done so already, please hit the show notes for this episode. And 100%, you should um, click the link where you can put yourself up on the pre-sale list. And you will receive an email before anyone else on how to get access to my book first. And the big thing with that is um, I'm going to have a sale for it for a certain amount of time. So for those who are super eager beavers that want to start their training and rehab and movement quality before anyone else, this is your chance. So... I am going to do the screen share that I always forget how to do. Uh, all right. Let's full screen this. I'm going to make myself bigger. All right. So with a simple, simple, simple um, Google search, you can look at so many different photos, videos, just everything um, in relation to the spine. So we have this beautiful spine model here and it's labeled and everything. And we have our lumbar spine, thoracic spine and cervical spine. These are the vertebrae within the spine and each section has a crucial role in how we move. So how I look at the spine and most rehab professionals, um, chiropractors, physiotherapists, or just people with a background in anatomy will say things like the lumbar spine is designed to be stable. The thoracic spine is designed to be mobile. The cervical spine is supposed to be stable, but there's a caveat for both the cervical spine and the lumbar spine. They should also be mobile, but stable at the same time, which kind of sounds counter um, active to what most people say, 
But here's the thing. If we know the definition of what a joint is supposed to do, then you'll know that the joint is supposed to be able to move through its full range of motion. So if I take a segment like my cervical spine and I know it's supposed to be stable, does that mean I can't move my neck and I have to like move my whole body in order to like shoulder check in the car? No, like it's designed to move in so many different directions. So I need to be able to maintain that, but at the same time, keep it stable. And that's how this whole conversation today is going to go about how to train this because I feel that a lot of times in my industry, especially it's like one extreme or the other, there's nothing in between. There's no experiment, like no experiment to see if your theory works. Um, but again, I am heavily influenced right now at this moment by Dr. Andrew Spina's work. And that's why I am certified in F- FRC, uh, kin stretch, uh, functional release and the functional range assessment and soon to be the internal strength model um, certification that just came out. But um, when I find people that influence me this much, it's because what they're saying makes so much sense, similar to how I believe everything that Mike Boyle says, right? He makes things easy to understand and it makes sense when it comes to human movement. So that being said, in order for this neck to be happy, it should be able to go into flexion without pain, extension without pain, rotation left and right, and also lateral flexion without pain. Most of the time, people will say do forward flexion and they're like my entire back almost spasm and there is a sharp pain. What that tells me is that the joint itself is not healthy. The musculature around it is inactive or just is terrible quality, and we need to change that, right? The worst thing that you could do for a bad neck is to stop movement, but that's what our body's designed to do. You know, like you bang your elbow against something, you hold it, and you kind of go into this position where you don't want to move it, but like you need to be able to move your elbow to regain that um, range of motion. So a lot of times with our neck, especially now when there's a good example right now, I'm talking to you over uh, zoom doing the screen share and my like posture is like this and I'm getting a lot of tension through here. So we need to be able to train the musculature in here to be, you know, fluid and, mobile and like pliable so that when we decide to move in everyday life and we decide to shoulder check, we don't get that sharp pain going down our shoulder into the back of our shoulder blade, which happens to a lot. So what do we do? Something called neck cars, right? So this is going to be more on the mobility side of things and we're going to come back to this photo because we're going to keep referencing back to it but what i want to do and i see that i am blocked and there it is we're going to go to my youtube page which by the way selfish plug 100 you should subscribe to my youtube channel because i've been posting a lot like a lot. And I even have playlists. So if you go to like the playlist section of my YouTube channel and search up, you know, cut the shit, get fit, 
literally this thing that I'm doing right now, I'm going to upload it to that playlist. So you can literally watch all the videos that I've posted of my podcast in one playlist. You can save them rather than like, oh, I'm going to scroll, scroll through your social media to go find that specific video. Like just go to the source YouTube. And if you haven't noticed already, I've been compiling a lot of my episodes together because I've spoken on certain topics once or twice, maybe three times, but all different kind of content. So I was like, let's put it all together. So I've been releasing a lot of good stuff. So um, that being said, we're going to focus on neck cars. Um, There's so many different variations. And one of the things that I absolutely love is finding positions where it's very difficult to cheat. So in this video specifically, as it loads, um, you will see that I have a tall kneeling position. So one, I'm engaging my glutes and locking out my lumbar spine so I can't move. Secondly, I have my arms behind me interlaced with my fingers. And again, this position may not feel good. So you can like literally just like do as much as you can. You don't have to have your elbows locked out, but this eliminates my shoulder shoulders from influencing what this needs. Cause that's what happens. If one segment of your body doesn't move the way it should, something else is going to compensate it. And it may be just because you're tight that day, but the more you do that and say you stay tight all the time, your body will remember that pathway and create a new movement behavior that I always like to use. And now every time you decide to turn your head to shoulder check, this has to happen in order to get there rather than actually like working all the muscles through your neck. So this eliminates all those cheating movement pathways. And we have primarily just the neck moving. So if you look at everything across my shoulders, nothing is influencing my neck from moving, which is a good thing. And oh, check out that shirt. That looks pretty good. Someone should go get one of those. It's on my show notes, by the way. Um, But yeah, that's one example that I like to use. Another one, and this is how I like to train, is finding exercises that kind of has, oh, click the wrong thing, Um, that has one of those you know, kill two birds with one stone type of things. So one of my favorite um, ways to do that is this exercise right here that we're about to see. And I'm going to eliminate the sound from it, but this is called the Sphinx position. This is one of my go-tos for low back rehab because most of us, like right now I am sitting, my whole lumbar spine is curved into flexion. And guess what? We get to do that all day, every day for at least eight hours. And putting your spine into that position. And this is another point that I could spend so much time on, but I'm trying to keep this, you know, 30 minutes or less is once you've placed your spine in say forward flexion for prolonged periods of time, we have these little discs in between the vertebrae, right? So think of it like they always say the jelly donut, but I kind of like using the analogy of a fucking sandwich that you just loaded and you're just about to take a bite in. But imagine, you know, when you press one end of the sandwich, all the filling stuff comes out this way. So imagine you sitting down is like somebody's literally taking your spine on one end and pushing it down to compress it. And then your disc is going forward, 
right? So over time, that the pressure on top of those discs is going to kind of push that disc out. And that's where you get that term of like a slip disc and eventually that can herniate and all that kind of stuff. So what's an easy way to help prevent that? Put your spine in extension. Think about it. If I take my elbow and keep it here all day, eight hours a day, it's probably going to take a little while and it's going to feel super like tense and super tight to fully extend it back to where it should be right so same goes as our spine let's slowly implement you know exercises that um put us in the opposite direction so right now if you look at my spine here extension it's a nice way to ease off tension in the low back so now I've locked out my lumbar spine. It's not going to move. My T-spine is pretty much locked out because of my position of my elbows and shoulders. And now I'm going to utilize my neck cars in this position. And again, look, everything is not going to influence what I want to target. That's the biggest thing is that you want to target the tissues and the joint that you're trying to move. A lot of times people will compensate in so many different positions and i just moved my toes down because i started like really feeling my lumbar kind of speaking because that's another thing too is like as you're moving your body wants to compensate regardless so it's going to figure out a way to do that oh look at that another back pain episode i did about a hinge point 100 you should also go check that out so we've covered the neck on them keeping it mobile so what about teaching it how to be stable so if you think about our neck, in order for us to keep it upright like this, all these small little intricate muscles in our neck has to keep us stable. So exercises that allow us to keep our head up is a great rehab exercise to do. Um, the most basic level of like neck rehab you can do that I tell patients to do when they're dealing with it is like, imagine you're sitting in your car and you're in that seat and you have your head facing the road. And at every stoplight, you're trying to push your head into the seat. So basically like chin retractions, like give yourself the worst double chin you can think of and you're doing it right. Maybe silly, but it's literally the same thing I cue for a heavy ass deadlift. Think about it. If I'm going to reach down to go pick up a heavy barbell, do I want my head like this? It's not going to feel really good. I want to keep it as tucked as possible to keep it in line with the rest of my spine to create joint centration. So, you know, maybe for those um, gym weekend warriors that want to lift heavy shit, Hell yeah, in your car at every stoplight, fucking jam that head into your car seat, but not like hard that you're going to like pull something, but to reinforce packing your neck, because the last thing you want to do is continue that behavior of forward flexion of your neck at a heavy deadlift, like shit's not going to feel good, right? So that's like the most basic stability of um, neck uh, stability exercises and probably the most extreme is the deadlift you probably did not make that connection most people don't really understand that it's like hey i'm deadlifting what am i working my glutes and my hamstrings you're also working your fucking neck if you really think about it like if this was not strong in order for you to pick something up like you're not going to go very far so now if you kind of take that approach to neck stability what's another good exercise that you know, could challenge 
next ability. And one of my favorite ways to do that is planks. And you can, oh, I spelled plank, plank, plank. Sorry, guys. Something as simple as a front plank or any plank in general, really, to improve next bit. Like, look, look at this position. Like, you have to hold a lot of stuff together in order to keep this stable. Same with your neck. And you can practice that chin tuck. I'm doing actually a terrible job here, but sometimes when I coach people, I'll take a dowel and place it on their tailbone in between the shoulder blades and head to keep that. All right? What's another simple one? Bird dogs. You know, that's another one. But you know what my favorite and next ability exercise is? And it involves a kettlebell. Really think about this. What's an exercise that challenges next ability? The good old Turkish get up. Let's see. There it is. I have so many variations. That's why I have to make sure I click the right one. So with the Turkish get up, you might not think that it's a next ability exercise, but watch at this moment right about here. That initial coming off the ground, look at where my neck is. If I did not have a strong, stable neck, that's probably going to pull on stuff that's not going to feel good, right? And then here, another position where I'm challenging my neck. Here, another position I'm challenging my neck. Here, another position I'm challenging my neck. And you can kind of see how my head went from a flat position and it's slowly moving this way. And as I progress into my Turkish getup, I'm literally getting a full rotation. All these different dynamic movements that my neck can do is being challenged in this one exercise, right? And now I'm going forward. Like, to me, this is like probably one of the best neck exercises for stability out there. Like, hands down. Hands down. So, we're going to have to move on because I'm going to end up talking about the freaking neck for like the full 30 minutes. But you know what? Actually, maybe I can make this into a three-parter. I think that's going to be the best use of time because I don't want to skim over this. So I've done a episode on the neck already about neck pain. And I'm not going to go into pain mechanisms or anything like that um, today, but I want to kind of showcase um, exercises that promote mobility and flexibility. So, uh, and um, stability, sorry, not flexibility. So we went over the Turkish getup, which is one of my favorite things. So I want to get into more an advanced stability um, exercise and something like the hip thrust that most people wouldn't think would be a neck stability exercise, but it freaking is. So think about the position I'm going to place myself in here. So I have a loaded bar. And I'm going to leverage the weight onto the kind of pivot point of my back slash shoulders. But look at my neck. One, just holding in this position and bracing is going to challenge stability. And then this end position, I'm not resting my head like this. 
I'm tilting it forward a little bit, almost like a hollow. So if you think about um, Pilates or just hollow exercises and you're coming up a little bit and now you have to keep your head off the ground, in this case, off the box slash bench, that takes a lot for your neck to, you know, hold. And that's a really, really good um, neck stability exercise, you know? And, oh, look at that. We're talking about the spine, and here's my low back pain series part two. 100% you should also watch that. Look at that, an hour, 25 minutes. That's, like, I constantly give to you guys, and I love doing this. And this is actually a good example. Like, this is um, a compilation of three videos, I believe, on back pain that I did that I put together. So highly recommend watching that. But, yeah, hip thrusts, like a non-traditional neck exercise that influences a lot of stability. And if we go back to this um, photo we had, it's, nope, that was my course. Uh I might have to just, here we go. So if we look at this, right, if you look at about the sheer size, right, and that plays a huge role of how our body moves, is also the size of bones, ligaments, things like that. So if you look at the size of the vertebrae, they're quite small compared to the thoracic spine and lumbar spine, right? So that can tell you, the importance of it. Sometimes the smallest thing in our bodies tend to influence a lot. And when we have something like this structure that is responsible for holding this up, which is like one of the most important things in our body to function on a daily basis, you would think people would make a priority of keeping this healthy. Because what do we see in the older population as they age? They end up doing this. And that's not going to help improve any kind of cognitive or neuro, neurological things if we allow this not to function the way it should, right? And in order for us to succeed in the gym, this also has a huge influence, right? We looked at deadlifting, hip thrusting, and Turkish get-ups. In order to do those things, you need a healthy neck. And a lot of times, you and I have both been there where we decide to drive and grab our phone really quick or our phone falls in between the seat and it's all on the floor and we're like reaching and we're like driving at the same time and we feel that huge pull from our neck down and then we're like, oh my God, now I can't move, right? Like, I would place neck health pretty high up there and you know if you ask yourself ask the average person who exercises like what do you do for your neck i go to massage when it's really bad that's basically what most people do so i make it a priority every time i'm at work or sitting for a long time it's like let me do some neck cars just to you know feed that system what it needs because if you've been following my work you know that our bodies are designed to move and the way our joints are designed is when you provide that movement, you're providing synovial fluid and nutrients to the joint to keep it healthy. If we don't train our neck the way it should, then it's just going to deteriorate over time and influence a lot of different things that we want to do, right? 
I do not want to be in a position where I'm driving my car and I have to move my entire body to shoulder check, you know? So I'm going to end there because I know I could keep going on this. And I did not think I was going to spend this much time on just the cervical neck. And we didn't even touch the thoracic spine or lumbar spine. And we didn't even get to like the pelvis, like your sacrum and the coccyx. But um, we'll get there eventually. We'll do a part two. Maybe I can jam the T-spine and um, lumbar spine um, together, but we'll see what happens. But um, I'm going to end it there. Um, for those who listen to this, I would highly recommend you watch it as well. Um, so hit the show notes to get that. Hit the show notes to get your name on my pre-sale list. Like I'm going to say this so many times that it's going to get annoying and you're just going to want to shut this off and go do it. But I want everyone to have access to this because what I see every single day in this fitness arena, no one is talking about how to implement mobility, joint health, joint integrity to what you're doing in the gym. Sure. There's people out there like me, but learning how to bridge the gap. Because again, like I said, from the very beginning in my industry, you're either this way or this way. And there's not a lot of people in the middle. So I'm trying to bridge the gap between traditional strength and conditioning and mobility training and put them together. And that's what the ironclad body training system is that all my work that I've put together into this book is literally the best piece of work I've ever done in my entire life. Like I am so excited to release this into the world and I want every single person to have access to this. So don't hesitate. Like if you've been following my stuff for a while and I've been providing value, like me coming up with a book that I spent literally every day for the last like year putting together, like it's, it's going to be worth it. Like you would not be disappointed. Like my first book, I thought it was really good, but after writing this, I'm like, I can't believe I released that. And no offense to anybody who purchased like it's still good content, but I always try to push myself out of my boundaries. And because of that, like one, my dedication to learning and my dedication to providing content for people, just, I try to push through that, you know, limit every single day. And now that this book is finished, I was like, holy crap, I am so proud of this project and I can't wait to give it away. So put your name down for the pre-sale list. It's going to be on sale for only a week. And after that, the price is going to go up to its regular price. And I think from what I remember, what I decided to do, it's going to be a 50% discount on my book from the regular price on the pre-sale. So 100% you don't want to miss out on that. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out. I love getting DMs on Instagram of like, hey, my shoulder hurts. What should I do? And then I have to ask like, okay, well, well can you show me a video or show me what hurts? Because my shoulder hurts. It's a very broad question, but I love you guys for reaching out to me for that. So thank you. Thank you so much. Until next time, you guys, I am your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and this is Cut the Shit, Get Fit, giving you the best fitness and health advice there is. Until next time. <laughs>